Um, okay. So just to summarize, um, in today's gospel we heard about um, how John was baptizing. And uh, his disciples got into a dispute. Um, and they come to him and they say, John, you know, the one who you were with, Jesus, uh, everyone is following him. Everyone is going to him. Uh, and they were indignant. Um, and then St. John, full of joy, exclaims that he's not the Christ um, and that he's overjoyed. That, that the one who is the Christ, the one who he's been talking about, is finally getting the credit. And then he utters the famous words that, about Christ, that Christ must increase, that God must increase, and that he must decrease. Um, and he teaches finally that whoever believes in the Son of God has eternal life. Um, I want to focus uh, our attention on John, St. John's statement that God must increase and that he must decrease. I mean, I think on the one hand, when we meditate on it, the reality is that God can't decrease and that God can't increase. I can't increase God. There's nothing that I can do to make him change. God is infinite. So on the one hand, there's this unmovable, unshakable, unchangeable, ineffable aspect of God. He cannot be changed. He cannot be decreased in any way, shape, or form. But on the other hand, I think that St. John realized that God, in his infinite love, infinitely pours himself out. He infinitely decreases himself. He infinitely gives himself away. That God's default mode of behavior is to give himself away in infinite love. Today we read in 1 John that God is love. That's what he does, that he pours himself out and gives himself away, that he voluntarily decreases. The one who can't decrease, decreases himself on purpose. And I think also St. John was becoming so much like God that he wanted to participate in that decrease, that he wanted to learn to give himself away just as God is giving himself away infinitely. And so St. John wanted to give everything to God. God gave John his calling. God gave John his job. He gave him his disciples. He gave him his body. God gave St. John his mind. God gave St. John everything. And I think St. John wanted to give it back. <laughs> I think he started to realize just how much God had given him, and he felt an impulse, an overwhelming desire to give God everything that God had given him. God is so loving that he, earlier in the chapter we read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the question for us becomes, how do we live like St. John the Baptist? How do we learn to live in such a way that we might empty ourselves just as God empties himself? 
How can we give God the increase? How can we love God as he first loved us? I think when we think about who St. John was talking to, his obvious audience when he said that God must increase and that he must decrease was his disciples. Um, And I think it's because he realized that they had become so engrossed in their own lives that he became so obsessed with like, who is their teacher and who's the better teacher and what's the best teaching and what's the best way and who did this and who did that. They became so overwhelmed and so engrossed in their everyday lives and exterior things that they forgot the point of everything. They forgot the point of what St. John was saying. Um, And so I think that St. John was pointing them to that reality by saying that God must increase and that we must decrease. And so he reminds them and, and all of us that the first thing stopping us from imitating God in his self-giving love is that we live life for its own sake. That we take everything that God has given us and that we forget who gave it to us. And for, we forget where it came from. We become so obsessed with life itself, with our jobs, with, our, with all of the things going on that we forget who gave it to us in the first place. Um, I think <laughs> it kind of reminds me of myself, Um, every year on Christmas, my mom would get me gifts that were for me. She would give me a couple of gifts that were for me. But she would also get us a gift, me and my brother, that was supposed to be for the family. That was supposed to be a way that we could all connect together, whether it was like a puzzle or a board game or whatever. And I think that what I usually did with that that gift was I would take it to my room and I would play with it by myself or play with it with my brother or like, I would forget that my mom gave it to me and that she wanted to connect with us and that it was supposed to be a family thing. I would take the gift that was given to me and I would run to my room and I would enjoy it for myself. And I think that oftentimes that's what I do with all of the gifts that God has given me. And so our first thing that we can meditate on, the first thing that we can think about is it's not that I have to give up the gift. My mom didn't want me to give her the gift. She wanted me to enjoy it with her. It wasn't about giving anything up. It was about giving it back, about enjoying it together. And I think that that's how we might start to think about the things that we're so engrossed in in our own lives. Our family, our friends, our jobs, our titles, our hobbies, we interact with them as though they were really ours. I wonder what it might look like for us to live in such a way where when we talk to our families, we perceive that we are talking to God, that we give him our family. I wonder what it would look like if when we spend time with our friends, we become aware and understand that we are staring at the face of God, that we're spending time with God. 
I wonder that what it would look like if when we do our jobs, we do them with and for God. That when we enjoy our hobbies, we enjoy them with God. What would it look like to give all of the things that we give, have been given by God back into his hands by including him in everything and by making him the center of our lives? That's what I think it might look like to, to say to give God the increase, to empty of ourselves, not of everything, but of everything that attaches us to the idea that we own anything, that we can live life for itself. By offering God back everything that he's given to us, we might learn what St. John means by saying that we must decrease. But at a deeper level still, I think that the other audience that St. John was speaking to when he said God must increase and that we must decrease was himself. I don't think that he was just speaking, and this is just a meditation, I mean, I don't know. But I don't think that he was just speaking to his disciples, but I think he was also reminding himself. I think the thing that we're the most engrossed with, the thing that we're the most taken by, the thing that consumes us the most is ourselves, is our own bodies and our own minds. The thing that we feel the most entitled to is ourselves. Um, one biblical statement, I'll just focus on the body and on the mind and then I'll end it. One biblical statement about how we might give our bodies to God is in Romans 12. St. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. St. Paul and so many of the saints and Christ himself, they keep pointing us to this reality that whoever wishes to save their life will lose it. But whoever gives up their life for my sake will have eternal life. That's what Christ says. And St. Paul is saying, present your body as a living sacrifice. Give your body to God. Give your body to God in, in any way that you can. It's not like there's any specific rules. Any small thing that we do with our bodies to give them to God is a great act of love. It's a great act of of charity towards God. It's something that he takes as infinitely precious. It's not like there's a right way to do it. Anything that we do to give him our body, whether it's wake up 30 minutes early to pray to him, whether it's get up when we're tired to serve our children, whether it's to go to serve some people, whether it's to do anything, it's, it's seen as an infinitely precious sacrifice that we give God what he first gave us, which is our bodies. I think one of the most daunting asks in the Gospels or in, in the Scriptures is St. Paul's uh, proclamation that we should pray without ceasing. He says that you should pray always, pray without stopping. And I think that that's such a daunting ask because... <laughs> First of all, it's just logistically challenging. Uh, but I think, <laughs> aside from the logistical challenge of, of 
praying without ceasing. I think one of the biggest challenges is just the, the ownership that I feel over my own mind. That I don't want to direct my, I don't want to be told or instructed about how to direct my mind. I don't want to focus my mind on anything that I don't want to focus it on. I want to have the freedom to daydream. I want to have the freedom to worry. I want to have the freedom to think deeply about things. I want to have the freedom to, to do what I wish with my own mind. And it's not that any of that is bad. But the reality is that when we point our mind towards God, that he sanctifies and shows us what our mind is really supposed to be. When we give our minds to God, we become aware of what our minds are really for. Same with our hearts, same with our spirit, same with all of ourselves. And so I pray that we might learn the real meaning of St. John's words when he says, God must increase and that he must decrease. Glory to God forever. Amen. Blessed are